Welcome to the Tummy Team Journey Podcast. I'm Kelly Dean, physical therapist and founder of the Tummy Team. This podcast shares the personal journeys of Tummy Team clients as they restore their core and pursue being strong to be pain-free and connected for the life they were meant to live. Well, welcome to this episode of the Tummy Team Journey. I am here with um, our client, Jessica, and Jessica's going to share a little bit about her story. She has done um, our prenatal course, I believe, and maybe some of our other courses. I'm not quite sure. So she's going to tell us a little bit about um, her. So welcome, Jessica. Hi. Good to be here. (laughs) I was, it sounds like I don't know anything about you, but the reality is I'm trying to know less about people when we start so that. I get to hear the story firsthand, which is fun for me. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, I live in Cleveland, Ohio. I'm originally from Nebraska. Um, I just had my first baby um, a little bit later in life. I'm 36. Um, I, you know, went to graduate school and had a first job before that and left that job to have the baby and then um, the pandemic hit. And so I'm just kind of enjoying being home. (laughs) I feel like I get extra credit for having a baby during a pandemic. (laughs) Yeah. So this is your first baby. And did you do Mm -hmm. prenatal core training prior to delivery? I did. I, um, so there's a really wonderful practice of midwives through the Cleveland clinic, which you probably have heard of. And, um, uh, the woman that I was seeing noticed a diastasis, I see my baby was born at the end of April. And this, I think was like January, February that she noticed. So like four or five months in, and it really freaked me out. And so I started Googling online to kind of figure out like, what, what can I do about this? What can be done? And I found some yoga your, poses. Oh, go ahead. Did your doctor tell you anything when she told you that you had a diastasis? She, did she give you any instruction or tips? No. Um, I, I really love and admire the midwives that I had, so I don't want to speak badly of them at all. But no, it was no, just, they just yeah. don't know. I'm curious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just sort of offhanded. She was helping me get up from the table, you know, in that like uh, crunch yeah. way that they, you know, everyone lends you their arm when you're pregnant. They're like, yeah. here, get off the table. And she's like, oh, looks like you have a diastasis. And she measured it. And I think she got four fingers over it. And she was like, oh, you poor thing. And then that was it. <laughs> and I was like, what's wrong with me? <laughs> well, at least she named it for you because that allowed you to start doing some research. Um, and and I, I don't really blame the medical birth community for not knowing. We were physical therapists and we were taught very little in school. So, you know, part of what we do at the tummy team is train professionals and um, you sharing your story back to those midwives will give them resources for the next mama. Um, and so that's just kind of part of the journey. We're all just kind of learning how to um, how to care for people better and how to get the information out there. So I was just curious what they had told you. So you kind of were on your own looking on the internet, kind of panicking, like what's going to happen? My belly is going to split apart. Yeah, kind of panicking. I was already having like SI joint instability that was making it hard. I like to take long walks for exercise and that was getting pretty limited. Um, And I just felt like, um, like I didn't know how to 
use my body to support myself. Like I didn't know it was safe during pregnancy. Like I didn't know if it was okay to try to use my abs to be upright as my belly got bigger. Like I just didn't know what would hurt me or the baby. So, um, so yeah, so I found kind of some yoga poses that were a little helpful. They gave me some relief. Um, I was also starting to have pubic symphysis pain at that point. Um, my body tends towards hypermobility. So I think that was, you know, probably in my future, regardless of how strong I was with all the hormones. So, um, right. The hormones, if you think about like, so you're saying you have a diastasis, which is connective tissue, you have a SI joint, which is joint capsule laxity in that joint, the ligaments around that, that joint, and then pubic symphysis also connective tissue. So all of the stretchy places are really stretching and you don't have the strength or the knowledge of what alignments to be in to give you any kind of stability. Right. So yeah. First baby, but still feeling like you're like, Oh my goodness, I'm falling apart. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm a very, um, intensive Googler. You can ask my husband. (laughs) I'm good at finding weird things online. And I was reading um, some like comments on a blog post, I think, um, with someone who was dealing with this. And somebody said, oh, I did the tummy team course. And it was just like, it was the thing I needed. It was perfect for me. So I Googled you guys. And I was like, oh my God, like just the little video I saw of you talking about the diastasis gave me so much more like clarity and also took away some of my fear about like, okay, this is not, I'm not going to be busting out of my belly for the rest of my life. Like I'm going to, I'm going to be okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Good. And that's the thing is like, I hope that we can kind of, there's a, there's poor little information out there and the information you find can be kind of scary and can kind of be all over. And so I, the tummy team tries to be kind of a, a solid voice of reason, you know, some knowledge, some hope, some encouragement, but also based on anatomy and physiology and what's happening and kind of, and how you can fix it. And I think that that's like a lifeline for people. It's like, Oh, okay. This people know what they're talking about. And even though this is still a significant issue and clearly my body's telling me something's not going great. um, There's something to do. Did you have any concerns about doing it online? Um, at that time I was working in a, well, I just finished working in a job that was remote. Like I interviewed and coached professors all around the world. Like I was like, nope, no problem <laughs> Yeah, online. It made sense. Um, and there was something nice about it being kind of private and I could access it whenever I wanted. And also something a little reassuring about like, my problem is so ordinary that like, I can just watch and participate at home. Like I don't need a specific consultation necessarily because this is such a common ordinary problem that women have during pregnancy. Like, of course I could reach out for guidance if I had something specific, but there's something good. It's nice to know that your problem isn't exceptional. (laughs) If that makes sense. Right. And I think that's important. I think a lot of people, when they first get this information, um, especially when they get very little guidance from their doctor and they have to search for the answer themselves, they feel like, Oh my gosh, I'm this like unique person that's falling apart. And while you are unique and everybody has some unique compensation patterns and different things they deal with, um, there is, there is a lot of commonality to the functional core weakness. There's a lot of things that 
most of us are doing. We're more alike than we are when, than we think. Um, and we mm-hmm. do even within the program, even though most people need to do a lot of the same things. Um, we give you kind of variations. Like if your body has more of these symptoms, we want this to be your focus. If they have more of these symptoms, this will be your focus. So I try to guide you along the way to know like where to, where to focus your priorities based on Mm -hmm. your specific needs. Um, because it can be a little bit overwhelming when you look at everything, especially when you're pregnant and you've got all your other appointments and all the other stuff you're doing for you and baby. Um, how did, how did you do when you started the program? How did your symptoms respond? Um, did you feel a difference in your pelvis and your SI joint or did that take a while? I can't remember how quickly the symptoms improved. Um, at that point I was wearing like a belt low around my hips to help with my pubic pain and So I think that was relieving it somewhat. I remember feeling really sore at first, Um, like, you know, the, the muscles in my upper back, I especially were really sore. And I was like, you know, kind of hyper conscious of how I was moving for a while. Um, But I think after a couple of weeks, the soreness subsided and I started feeling a lot stronger and like, oh, yeah, my body's pregnant, but it can still do what it needs to do. Um, and then by the end, I was like, I think I wrote to you because, you know, at the end, you have that, like, tell us about your experience as part of the program. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I felt better at 40 weeks than I felt at 30 weeks. And I was enormous at that point. So uh, I and that's I was, a great feeling, right? That's a great feeling to feel like you're going into your birth feeling pretty strong and connected, knowing that you have this, you know, major event coming up. Tell me about your birth. I, I had a really positive birth experience, um, even though I was induced and it took like two and a half days. <laughs> um, the induction was like really slow and my body responded. I didn't have like an overwhelming response to the oxytocin or anything, but um the active labor was only about seven hours, um, one hour of pushing. Um, I crowned for 20 minutes. Um, uh, I talked to my doula afterwards. So, you know, the pandemic hit mid-March. I had my baby April 29th. So our doulas transitioned from being in person to being remote so that my, my husband was my only allowed visitor. Um, so she didn't actually witness the birth, but she was supporting us. So I had this conversation with her afterward about, um, you know, I told her all the things I just told you about how long it took and everything. And then I offhandedly mentioned that the baby came out sideways, but I didn't have any tearing. And she was like, your baby came out sideways and you didn't have any tearing. And I was like, is that good? <laughs> and she was like, she's like, oh my God. And I also love my, the doula that we had, we had a team of doulas, um, that's, they work in pairs and they were everything that I needed, but they had also been kind of dismissive of, you know, just like not that interested that I was doing this, um, physical therapy work. Um, but once I told her that, then she got, she was like, oh, so tell me more about that stuff. And I told her about the practice pushing and, you know, all the other stuff. And she, I remember her saying that she thought maybe, um, my pushes had been more productive because I, you know, it had that kind of guidance and coaching about how to use my body because she was like most women that I witness in their first labor, like 
you have to learn in the moment how, how to use those muscles in that way because it is totally new. Which is terrible, right? Like this is, <laughs> this is terrible. This is, this is the thing, you know, uh, you go, you might do like, a, you know, some kind of childbirth education class, right? A lot of people do those childbirth ed classes and they um, tell you all this stuff, but they kind of skip over the actual pushing part, right? Like there's not a lot of discussion about that. And um, and I think the biggest thing we're told is, you know, to round your body and hold your breath and bear down. Like you're having the worst, biggest bowel movement of your life, which um, is not great. You know, like I, what I tell people a lot of times is, you know, most of us are pooping poorly. So that's not a great analogy of like, <laughs> you know, uh, of how, how to do it. And so I just, I love the way that we can, it's scary at first when people, we tell people that we do practice pushing because they're like, that seems scary when you're pregnant. You don't want to like be pushing when you're not in labor, right? Or when you're not even fully dilated, but it's not really pushing. It's the coordination between the core stabilizing the uterus, the core activating and the pelvic floor relaxing because the core and the pelvic floor naturally want to work together. And so the only way that people know how to relax their pelvic floor is by bulging their tummy, pushing on their tummy. So we, you can actually engage your tummy and relax your pelvic floor. So part of the process of practice pushing is we start in the prenatally while you're pregnant, while you're having bowel movements, we actually teach you how to poop better, which is a very similar strategy to giving birth. But then it is that coordination because I always say like, you know, when you're in pain or you're stressed out, these are not, not great times to learn some new information. Like this is not the time to like figure it out. And if we can do any kind of proactive um, muscle memory, like creating muscle memory so that even though you're still going to be in that stress situation and you're still going to be in pain, um, your body at least has done this before, right? Mm -hmm. And done it effectively. So yeah, you um, having that kind of pushing experience where you didn't have any tearing, the baby came out poorly aligned, and that that alignment may also have been a big component of why your um, labor kind of took so long, right? Um, to get going, maybe. It's oh, hard to say. that's a good yeah. The right um, yeah the dilation. The baby, it took a, the baby. Yeah, it didn't wasn't right in the best position right at first or for a while, then it can kind of take a while for things to go, but you kind of got past that. And, um, that's pretty cool. So your birth recovery, you have nothing to compare it to because it's your first birth recovery. Right. Um, but how, how did you feel like you recovered after delivery? Um, I feel like I'm still recovering, you know, like it takes a long time to really mm-hmm. feel back to normal. Um, I do have some kind of prolapse symptoms, kind of mild to moderate. And I also, I just this last week or two felt like I have a mental space to start the core foundations. That was my plan all along. I was like prenatal beforehand core foundations after, you know, I'm like, this is going to help me coast into recovery. And, um, So anyway, I started it and I realized, I think kind of protectively that I've been tucking my tail a lot um, since Mm -hmm. he was born. I didn't realize that I had really, I don't, I don't know if you would call it compensating, but like had started doing that a lot. So 
um, just this week, uh, straightening out my pelvis has already made my pelvic floor feel a lot better. Um, made me feel so you're stronger. in core foundations right now, currently. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And I, I want to go back to first about like, okay, so you had the baby and I think it's pretty, it's pretty um, good for you to say, I didn't really have the mental capacity to do core foundations right away. Like a lot of people will say, when can I start core foundations after delivery? And I mean, physically, you can start it pretty soon after delivery because it's rehab, it's gentle, it's supportive, but mentally and emotionally, (laughs) um, it's a different story, right? (laughs) Because, you know, you, it's hard to process new information when you're trying to learn how to nurse the baby and you're on minimal sleep and you're trying to figure out what the baby needs and you're just recovering. I want people to know that there's a certain amount of just birth, loving birth recovery that happens. But in the prenatal program, we give you an initial postpartum plan. So like a lot of times mamas inadvertently cause damage to their body by doing too much too fast or being in really unsupported um, newborn parenting postures. So like we try to give you like some initial support. Did you splint after you had the baby? Yeah. And I should have said that I, you know, before the birth, I like, I did each of the, the birth, the, uh, the breastfeeding throne and the, um, the changing table, table. like all that stuff. I was like, so ready. And then my baby and I had really rough start to breastfeeding. And in the end he would only breastfeed side lying. So <laughs> the, the nursing throne was like, okay, not, you know, it's important. Well, and when you're rocking is, him, but <laughs> yeah, well, side lying is okay. I think our biggest concern is that that kind of kidney bean collapsed posture that we tend to fall into with fatigue and with our focus, looking down at the baby and looking at the breast and, and trying to recognize like that there's so many repetitive newborn parenting postures. How can we support mom while mom's supporting baby? And so even if um, you're just aware of how you're sitting when you are sitting, that's an important part. But if you have to lay down to nurse that your body can be, your body's not having gravity kind of collapse you in that position. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you do what you need to do. And then the changing table is so nice because people just instinctively start just bending over to change the baby on the bed and change the baby on their lap and change the baby on the floor. And all of that bending over is just, it just kind of puts your core in the weakest position for it to heal. So if we can set up things that you would naturally do for the baby, but also will naturally help mama, that's kind of key. So you splinted, you really looked at your parenting postures. And then did you start doing, even though you didn't start the program, did you start doing, did you test out like some belly breaths and kind of some things like that early on or any of the stretches? Yep. I, um, I maintained that. I I can't remember exactly how you presented in the program, but when I brush my teeth, I do the, um, the, ink, the, the foot stretches, stretch. like a, mm-hmm. a calf stretch. Um, and I do the hamstring stretch and I do the TA holds and then the, um, you know, the figure four seated, mm-hmm. um, the hip stretch and the side stretch and the chest stretch. Um, I've been doing all of those throughout. So yeah. that's really good because honestly, you just end up being this you know, little um, fetal position <laughs> as a mama, right? And you kind of <laughs> oh almost God. need 
you need those stretches to kind of reset, 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 because you're holding the baby so much. Um, And so even with all of that, you realize that um, you were kind of tucking your tail, doing what we call posterior pelvic tilt, or kind of maybe clenching your glutes a little bit because you felt like your pelvic floor was weak. Sometimes people clench their glutes if they feel like that might stop things from feeling heavy in the pelvic floor. You might have just been doing that instinctively without knowing it, but you started to correct that now in standing Mm -hmm. and and some of those things you can already feel your pelvic floor um, changing. Yeah. I mean, I would go through, you know, phases before I started the course postpartum where I'd be like feeling really strong. So I'd do something stupid, like lift something too heavy or I weeded one day, which was a terrible disaster. Um, not a good <laughs> idea. But so then, you know, I think. I'd be sore for a while. And I think that the tucking would really happen then, Mm -hmm. like just sort of like trying to protect yourself. So um, I lifted some stuff last week and was sore again before I started the um, core foundations over the weekend. And I was so surprised that just, you know, making my pelvis vertical the way it needs to be that like took so much weight off of my pelvic floor. Like it's, I forgot until I went back to the videos that so much of this is just postural. Like it's just alignment. I know. It's not. I know. You, you always think about like, I want my muscles to be stronger, but like, it's amazing. The muscles how much alignment does. Yeah. Well, that, that's what we, we need to think about is your internal core, the transverse abdominis and the pelvic floor muscles. Those are structural muscles by design right they they support your organs they can connect your pelvis and your rib cage together they support your spine they're structural respiratory postural in nature um and we quickly jump to like oh i need to do some kind of fitness i need to do some kind of strengthening um but a lot of fitness programs a lot of strengthening um kind of circumvent those postural muscles or they assume those postural muscles are already working well And they just Mm -hmm. kind of go to the external muscles, the mover muscles. And those stabilizer muscles kind of just start to get lost in the mix. And then there's this big muscle imbalance. Um, And then the reality is it's kind of like the chicken or the egg. Like, do I need to have better posture to gain strength? Do I need to gain strength to have better posture? And Mm -hmm. kind of both, right? And, Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how... I think that's where the success in our approach comes from is we help get you in those alignments and we give you the extra support you need in those alignments. And then we consistently start building up those supportive structures. And then you can be in a neutral pelvis, a neutral rib cage, elongated posture more often. And that, that, you know, assuming that posture is kind of creates that use it or lose it. You start using the muscles more. So therefore they're stronger and then, you know, as far as like you doing stuff like weeding or lifting and it being like too much too soon, um, that's just, that's mostly just kind of building stuff up a little bit at a time. And at first, even though you feel strong, you might have to be really intentional about what alignment you're in before you mm. lift and your exhale and engage. <sighs> Things that you might think you've got, you've got at like 20 pounds, but not at 
40 pounds, right? Mm-hmm. And that's just that's just the next step, right? It, you're you're getting there. And unfortunately, sometimes we have to do it incorrectly to learn what we needed to do correctly. <laughs> yes. Very <laughs> We're true. very much a negative <laughs> feedback system. Like we we don't like praise our body for the millions of times it did something without pain, but boy, we we really criticize it for the one time that it didn't, <laughs> right? But yeah. that that's all of that, like that heaviness you feel in your pelvic floor the the fatigue or that you might feel in your back that's just your body's way of communicating to you and saying you know that you weren't quite ready for that and I don't want you to take that information as oh I can't do anything I want you to think okay what how fatigued was I how long did I weed for maybe if I just weeded for 30 minutes not two hours it would have been a better circumstance you know like or um, did I squat and exhale and engage? Or did I just bend over and pick it up? Like just trying to, trying to be aware of what your body's communicating and, and, and evaluate with what you know now about alignment. And you'll get more of that as you go through the Core Foundations program. It'll help you. But I think that's a, your, it, your point about like not having the brain space to like start the program right away is like, birth and postpartum recovery and new baby care like it just scrambles your brain so much that like it was it was just really hard to remember even how you know what the alignment felt like or like I I was definitely trying to do the things that I learned but I think it had kind of degraded because my my brain was just processing so much other new stuff so um uh, and that's really common yeah, it's good to be able to go back to it now. Yeah, and it's just a phase. And that's another reason why we really encourage what uh, the birth community now kind of refers to as the fourth trimester, like the birth recovery, that, that three months of being really gentle with yourself and your expectations of yourself, still nurturing your body, still, you know, doing um, what you can to care for yourself. But not having these high expectations on bouncing back. That's not the priority in that first three months. The first three months is recovery. It's nurturing, loving yourself, learning more about what your body's feeling, learning about your baby, and recognizing you're doing that on minimal sleep. And if you're nursing, your body prioritizes lactation over everything else. So you nutrition goes mostly and and hydration goes mostly into lactation because it's survival of the species, right? Yeah. The baby gets, you know, we've all heard these survival stories about, you know, people lost in the mountains and they nursed their kids and kept everybody alive, you know. <laughs> and I, your body your body um prioritizes lactation. So basically you are getting the leftovers of nutrition and hydration. And you're trying to heal your body from this huge birth experience on minimal sleep and leftovers of nutrition and hydration. And you're probably not making the best meals of your life right now because you're exhausted and you're in survival mode. So I just tell people our body needs a couple of key things to heal food, sleep, hydration. You know, it needs those kind of those key things are what help us 
nutrition that helps us get back and you're you're functioning on very little of that right so mm-hmm. if we just shift our we have a little bit more grace um and a little bit more um perspective like we could be a little kinder to ourselves and then also you get out of those three months postpartum and it's not necessarily just three months for people but seems like things start to clear up in your brain um, at that point where you can kind of start doing a little bit more and a little bit more. And if we can just help moms not injure themselves in the, that postpartum period, that would be huge because sometimes often what we see is the diastasis is worse. The pelvic floor is worse. Back pain is worse. Everything is getting worse because you're just doing too much too soon. Um, it's so hard because you like you want to you want to take care of the baby and your house and yourself and like it is just it is so hard to hold yourself back. Right. And even like you you feel like, oh, I felt really good, so I weeded. And it felt great to be outside. And then you're like, huh, that was too much. <laughs> right. Ouch. But maybe maybe it was just too much because, you know, you need to tell yourself, I'm going to do, you know, 15 to 30 minutes of that. And then I'm going to do something else. And it's just pacing ourselves. And it seems crazy that that would be too much. But if you think about all the other things that your body is doing right now, um, you're keeping another human being alive by the juice of your boobs. (laughs) Right? Like it is, (laughs) it is, miraculous it's crazy so your body is doing a lot and it's healing and it's rebuilding muscles and it's your hormones are balancing out and the uterus is shrinking down and you know everything is kind of it things are happening and it's never fast enough especially for us americans never fast enough Mm. but um but it is happening and, um, and this is just a season. And I think if we go into that season with a little bit better expectations, um, not feeling like limitations, but just feeling like these are the choices I'm going to make so that I'm going to be stronger here. That's good. Mm-hmm. What do you, um, is there anything that you learned in the program that you wished you had known before you were pregnant or sooner? Or is there any of that information? Like if you could have told your 28 year old self something, what would you have told yourself? Um, well, I think one of the sad or hard things about becoming pregnant, I don't know if it's like this in every culture, but at least in our culture is that you've mostly heard the horror stories, the woman who had the worst, whatever experience or the hardest recovery or, um, you know, women who felt like their body was never the same afterward. Um, and I wish I had just known that like, you can fully recover from birth, like you can get your core back, like, you know, like you, you can truly recover and it's a process and it's hard, but like the resources and the support is totally out there. Um, I'm really close to my mother-in-law and I was telling her about this stuff and she was like, you know, she had her kids in the early eighties and she was like, man, we just didn't have anything like, you know, like you can kind of hear the the sadness in her voice. And it's like, yeah, I wish, I wish more women had access to, um, to being able to just, you know, get their body back in the way that they want. So, Well, and I think that's, that kind of gives me a little bit of goosebumps because I just, um, I feel like so many 
um, people think, I'll, I'll think about it after I have the babies or when I'm done having all my kids, then I'll whip my body back into shape, right? You know, or they either have these really high expectations that they're going to, nothing's going to change and they're going to get their body right back. And they're really kind of almost um, brutal to their body, right? Um, or they are resigned to, okay, this is the mom life, right? And I feel like if we can let people know that pregnancy and birth, even though it's natural and it's what we are designed to do, our culture kind of has set us up to not have the strong alignment and muscle support to have a good pregnancy and an easy birth and birth recovery because of how much we sit, because of how we use our muscles, because of just general disconnect, and that there are things you can do while you're pregnant to prepare yourself for this like event. Like one of the things we say always is, you know, birth is like a marathon with a dead sprint at the end. <laughs> and then they give you a baby. <laughs> yes. To, to take care of immediately afterwards. Like no, no, like, you know, rehydration, you know, baby's on you right then. And now you're, mm -hmm. now you're mom. Right. And if you knew that, if you knew this was a marathon with a dead sprint at the end, that was not going to end with like a two week trip to a spa, but it's going to end with a baby mm -hmm. <laughs> that is going to be nursing, which is sometimes easy and usually not. Um, mm -hmm. Then you would physically, emotionally and mentally prepare for that marathon and for that sprint. Yeah. So that when you have the baby, you're like, okay, this was still hard. It was still a marathon with a sprint at the end, but I was physically prepared for it. And now I, I have a recovery plan afterwards that's going to supplement me taking care of this baby. And that's what we want to offer people. And um, you don't have to be falling apart to do the program. It'd be great if you weren't falling apart. Let's be proactive. Okay. But we often see people that this is like, maybe their sixth or seventh pregnancy and they're terrified because they've had some really hard experiences, um, but they still want to have another baby, you know? And so we're there for those people too. Um, is there anything else you want to share to our potential listeners? Anything else you want to say? I just encourage people to go for it. I mean, it's not that much of your time. It's not that much of your money and it is so much of your like sense of well-being to have a strong core, especially when that part of your body is vulnerable and changing and overwhelming and hard. And um, just to, you know, just to kind of know what to do and know how to take care of yourself is um, it's really, really empowering. So thank you. I, I really am grateful. <laughs> well, I, I'm grateful for you, for you sharing your story. I know that it's going to be um, helpful to people out there. I think it's important for us to share our stories and for people to recognize that we're more alike than we think. Um, I think it's very easy to feel like we're the only one falling apart because a lot of times people don't talk about the hard things um, and they don't share, you know, that journey. And I, and I liked what you said, where you said, you know, I, it was comforting to you that there was a program already made for you, right? It made you feel like, okay, this can't be the end of the world. If she has a, 
she has a business wrapped around this. <laughs> I can't, she didn't just make this program just for me. Clearly there are other people that have had this situation enough that she has created this program. And yes, that is true. Like it, you're not alone. This is almost an epidemic. Um, I think it's so common and just underdiagnosed, undertreated, and people just don't know what's available. And that's why we're, that's why we're sharing your story so that people know and people have options. So I just want to thank you so much for joining me today. And it was really great to get to know you and to hear your story and enjoy that baby. Tell me your baby's name. His name is Benjamin. He is the best. <laughs> of course. He's wonderful. Oh, and I'm glad you get to stay home with them for a little bit longer, even though times are crazy right now. Times I'm are glad crazy, that you but... get to do that. Yeah, yeah. We're grateful for the time for sure. So thank you. Yeah. It's been great to, to have this conversation. I really appreciated all your insights. Well, good. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks, Kelly. Thank you for joining us today at the Tummy Team Journey Podcast. The Tummy Team is committed to validating your story, providing you with relevant practical education to understand your body, and offering effective solutions to live the life you were meant to live. Check out thetummyteam.com to get more information about how we can help you specifically and see if one of our online programs is right for you. You can also follow The Tummy Team on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube to get tips, encouragement, and support. Thank you.